to episode 129 of the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast. I'm Jim. This is the weekday spotlight edition of the show. And we're going to get right into it with me telling you where you can find us on all of the internet lands. You can go over to Twitter at WS Marvel Comics and follow us, and we will follow you back 100%. You can also go to our website where we review almost every comic each and every Wednesday when they come out. And that would be WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com. And we have a Patreon account where you can go and support us for as little as $1 a month. And then even more to get more and more shows. And I point out one of our biggest things that we do over there is our spotlight that is voted on by the highest level, the bad butts of the Fresh Start crew. Beep, boop. And this past week, I think that they were messing with me and Brandon. Usually they pick the big books. They pick the number ones. They pick the books that they think are groovy, as they like to say on the basketball courts nowadays. Uh, They didn't do that this week, though you did get a number one. But was it number one in our hearts? Because it wasn't number one in me and Brandon's hearts because it was Miles Morales, the end, number one. But we also had Amazing Mary Jane, number four. That keeps on being picked by the bad butts, and I, I think they are punking us. They are basically Ashton Kutchering our butts and ending up making us talk about that book. But we had some fun laughing about it, more laughing at it than laughing with it. But since I already mentioned the bad butts, it's time to hit the bad butt roll call. Oh, yeah. You're getting the swing now. You're getting the swing of things. And this is the bad butt roll call where we salute the bad butts each and every week. T-Funk, Lawrence Lee. Welcome, Lawrence. He's a joined in. Speedy showcase of comics by Comic Ron. Speedy is a back, and that is Ron. Niels T-Ward, or Niels T-Ward. Uh, my man Rob Lewis, Fertile Akachuk, Dalton Edom, Christian Falds, Ken Halleck, Lady Abby, Nick Adams, Mark Jager, Josh Vermillion, Aldrin Stoja. We have, I would say, Old Man Logan Mark. That's his new one, right? That, that makes sense. Old Man Logan Mark. Mark. We have Eric G, David Fink, Manship, Brandy, Bobby Bain, Reggie, Ian Job, uh, Admiral Whiskers, Sep Nine, I call him Brennan. We got Ben Townsend, Forrest, Polly, Tony Walton, Joey Bercasco, Joseph Watch, Sick, Comic Boom, Rocky D Man, 3000, All New Dave, Carlos, Brian King, My Man Pete from NYC, Polly P, Cellar Dweller, Luis. 
Ulysses Jones, Hakeem, Double Aaron, Simon, Swanee, Anthony G, Missy T, Lone Wolf, Marv, and Ruben. Those are the bed butts of the Fresh Start crew. I salute you guys and gals, but also everybody else who supports us over on the Patreon. I hope that you enjoy all the shows. But speaking of shows, I'm going to go right now as the bad guy finishes up there. And we're going to go off to the show for me to talk a couple books. All right, I'm going to start with Black Cat number eight, an issue called Girls Night Out. And I really like Black Cat. I like the series. I like this issue. Probably because it's pretty good, Duh. right? It is pretty good. It's written by Jed McKay, art by Deke Ruan, and Annie Wu. And I, anytime I say that, it, it might be Dyke Ruan. I don't know. I'm saying Deke. And why I say that is because it reminds me of the cartoons, you know, Deke. And it would come up, boom, Deke. And I'm like, you ain't fooling nobody. We all know what that really is. And you're trying to make it different there, pals. And I think that my favorite Deke cartoons probably pro stars and hulk hogan's rock and wrestling maybe maybe the new kids on the block cartoon everybody loved that right no they didn't but hey i don't know Ah, oh my god diamond david lee roth loved it you you actually love the new kids on the block cartoon day oh my goodness gracious what did you like best about it that's all he does he he, david lee roth is is just nonsense he doesn't dave are you nonsense Ah! He doesn't say much. And you end up with the recap here. Felicia Hardy, a.k.a. the Black Cat, following the footsteps of her late father, Walter Hardy, by becoming a cat burglar. They were even trained by the same man, a skilled thief known as the Black Fox. Recently, the Black Fox enlisted Felicia to hit some unusual targets, stealing artifacts from big-name heroes like Doctor Strange and the Fantastic Four. And I thought she was stealing kisses from the Fantastic Four when I remember. It was all in a service of a larger scheme, robbing the extra-dimensional vault of the New York Thieves Guild, run by the deadly Odessa Drake. And what you're going to get in this issue, Jeb McKay does a real good deal of having a two-pronged story, maybe a spork of a story, where you end up having Felicia and, as this Team up this issue is Janice Lincoln, the Beatle, going to the Rand Corporation building. She is picking that lock and then going back a little bit of a flashback where she is talking to her mother, trying to get her the heck out of New York before all the trouble hits from Odessa Drake. And I like both of them. There are parts here, especially with the mom, that is a really clever or at least subtle way to give you a little recap about Felicia's connection to Odessa, which is important, uh, but we haven't gotten in a couple issues and you're about to probably lean heavy in that. So it is a way, instead of having it on a recap page, instead of having just narration, you end up with her mom and her talking just about that and her mom finding out exactly what's going on with Felicia. Well, we end up, As they said in the recap, Felicia has been going and stealing things, uh, important artifacts from some big players uh, in the Marvel Universe. And this point, it is the Rand building where they're breaking into because they end up wanting to get the what the Randall gate. The Randall gate is what they're after. They're not necessarily going to steal it. They're going to pirate it. But we'll see. How that goes in a minute, because this issue has some really good 80s references, a really good one, a running joke. And it ran ran twice, but that's running to me. 
And that's probably too much running. I am a lazy fella. But you have the idea. I don't really know Janice Lincoln, the Beatle. And Jeb McKay gives me a crash course with her. And I know enough to say that I kind of I kind of dig her and hope that she continues in this book. And there's a way that she may that is kind of brought up in here. But Felicia has hired her to go into this building with her, the Rand building, because she's off her game. And you get that through a kind of a dual narration slash you know talk what she'll say one thing but narrate another she'll say that she's fine but then say no 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 i'm off my game stuff like that uh janice even sees it beetle sees it and says you're kind of off your game and felicia's no no i certainly not and then it goes you know i am off my game she knows that plus she's strength in numbers she's going in she's a thief uh, but she's got some pretty big, you know, heavy hitters coming after her, even if they are just goons, but they are Odessa Drake's goons from the New York Thieves Guild. And Odessa Drake kind of has a lot of funds to get some things going here. And Felicia's scared. She's starting to get scared. You really see that also with her mother, where she ends up where they're going kind of like a rummage sale, uh, you know, a yard sale. I think this would probably be one of those in, say, uh, Central Park where people set up. You know, different things, yard sale stores sort of things are even selling their wares, as, as you will. And as they're going, Felicia says to her mom, yeah, you know, I, I want to send you on a cruise. You deserve it. And it's an 80s cruise. It's like one of them fantasy cruises. You're going to have the B-52s and Berlin. And ended up like it, it's almost like the Amy Mann we might have there. Michael Penn. That could be there. Steve Brandano. So you end up, though. But she's like, the B-52 is Berlin. You know, you love Berlin. Metro. No more words. Come on. And her mom's like, oh, my. Uh, I don't know, dear. What about Erasure? And Felicia's like, I don't, I don't think Erasure does cruises, mom. And I don't think they do. Now, of that, the B-52s I love. Berlin, okay. And really, Berlin, I think Jeb McKay nails it right on the head. I do like Metro and No More Words. That that would be my greatest hits of Berlin. And it's a single. And some people might get mad if they like Berlin more than me. But I do love the B-52s. And if you're like, B-52s, that's love, Shacky. You just, that's the tip of the iceberg, people. And go go to YouTube and listen. Um, but yeah, even then, there's a, a funny, really funny 80s reference line here and i don't know how many people get it i love it i think it's hilarious uh where her mom says about erasure not doing cruises says such a shame and felicia right away like it's really snappy quick dialogue goes no that's talk talk and i don't know if everybody's going to get that reference it is an old reference I, I got it. Okay, Boomer. Oh, my. Uh, because that's the band Talk Talk, and they're hit such a shame. Though my favorite song by Talk Talk is Talk Talk. That, that's my favorite. And I always get a kick out of that because it's like, oh, man, you wrote a song with the name of your band, and that's pretty funny. Like you're a rap group or something. Uh, you, you wanted them rappers, I think. I don't know why I hit that. But she's like, come on, you deserve vacation. And she's like, no, 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 that's nice and whatever. Uh, Felicia ends up buying her a cactus. Uh, but her mom says, what are you getting at? Like, why are you so intent of me going on this vacation? And Felicia's like, you deserve it. You know, that's what you need. You're my mom. I, I want to hook you up. And you love those 80s. You love the 80s. And, and really, I'm going about the 80s deal. And if you're like, well, boy, I didn't know Jim liked the 80s or that. 
we have a podcast on the site called Weird Science. That's eighty. So uh, I love it, and, and I really do. And so her mom says, and and again, very snappy, very light dialogue, very quick dialogue. Uh, you know, your dad, he, he was a really bad liar. I I could tell right away when he was lying, and you're worse. You are worse than him. So why? What's going on? And that's when she does say, and she opens up and says, listen, mom, you're right. I am lying. I need you to get out of town. I want you to get out of town because I kind of have a target on my back. You may end up with one yourself. They may end up going after you because of the fact that it's Odessa Drake that's coming after me. She's coming after me. She's coming after me hard. Uh, and she knows who you are because, again, the the smart little recap of Felicia and Odessa grew up together. You ended up having where, uh, you know, Felicia's dad and Odessa's dad, they, they trained together under Black Fox. Another thing that's recapped. These are all things that are going to be important as the crap hits the fan coming up. And I think that it is well played to put it in this issue. We've gotten a little bit away from some things. We've had some fun. But this actually sets you up with a full out recap and reminds you of everything that goes on between Felicia and uh, Odessa Drake, including the idea of Black Fox maybe killing Odessa's dad. So, you know, you even have that also bring up the fact that Odessa had kidnapped Black Fox. Also, Felicia's mom doesn't like that scoundrel. He's like the Han Solo. He's a scoundrel, and she doesn't like it because she ends up wanting to say, like, you know, he got you into this business. I didn't want you to follow in your father's footsteps. And Felicia reminds her, no, no, no. He didn't get me into this. I was already into it. I, I was already, I was in jail when he came and got me. Then he started training me to follow in dad's footsteps. And she even's like, you know, I wanted you, I didn't mind if you, I thought that you were going to follow in your father's footsteps. But this is getting to be too much. And I worry about you. And I please promise me that you're clever and strong enough to not get hurt. And you have Felicia say, I promise, which is pretty much another lie, which she does then say. But with the other part of the story is just as good. And really, the whole thing with her mom and her, I can't say that this is like, oh, my God, like we really push the story ahead. It's just really good. It's it's really good comic writing. And, and I love the art. I always love the art in this book. And I really want to give a compliment to this series. And if you listen to the podcast and you have listened, you would know that one of my favorite books is Chip Starsky's Daredevil. And I'm telling you, this issue kind of made me like, oh, my God, I think I'm seeing things clearer now. Uh, I think that this could be considered a kind of a lighter hearted little sister book of Daredevil. And people might be, you know, that's ridiculous, but I really do think that it is it's a little different way of telling the deal like i said it's a little more lighthearted. yes it's it's not daredevil a huge character it's black cat a pretty big character but the thing is why i say that as well is that i ended up reading daredevil with no prior knowledge i just started getting on this podcast we started to you know i'm more of a dc guy traditionally started doing marvel because i was reading things on the side and really enjoyed them was starting to enjoy them a lot more than what dc was giving so we start doing that but daredevil was never a book that i had in my radar neither was black cat now they both are they're, they're so in my radar they're right in my face and like 
again, Daredevil to this. I'm actually more interested in the characters of Daredevil and Black Cat to actually go back and read some. So, I, you know, that is, in my mind, the, about the biggest compliment I can give both books, that they're not just me reading a page and giggling or saying, oh, that's pretty cool. It's actually inspired me to like the characters and have them become two of my favorite characters and two of my favorite books. Uh, but you end up having Beetle and Felicia. They're breaking into the Ram building uh, to go after that Randall gate. So as they're going down, they have some, again, some pretty, you know, snappy dialogue, things like that, where you end up finding out that the, the Beetle, she, Janice, wants to invite or get, recruit, uh, Felicia for the Sinister Signicate, the team that she's on. And Felicia doesn't really consider herself a villain. This is a villain team. And she's like, yeah, you know, I'm not really a villain. I mean, and she ends up saying, no, no, you're a villain, Felicia. You are. And you're like, no, no, no. I, I was Spider-Man's girlfriend. And you end up having Beetle like, there's a difference. And that's funny. But then Felicia comes back with, who hurt you, Janice? And it's really good. It's really good dialogue. Then she reminds her, you're going to go back. It's like a memory lane thing. Like, uh, I think I'm. you're forgetting when you tried to muscle my dad out and become kingpin of crime. And you end up like, no, no, I was going to be queenpin. Queenpin, and thank you very much. Like that's, And so they're going, but things start to kind of go awry as they're going through the building uh, because somebody seems to be there. Felicia says, you know, there shouldn't be anybody in the building right now. It's pretty late. They do end up getting to the Randall Gate, which is just this huge machine on on a wall there, maybe in the middle of the room. Uh, And you have Beatles like, what what's going to go on we can't steal this this thing like weighs seven trillion tons and she says oh no no we're not stealing it we're going to pirate and you end up with a, a little quick thing and that's why i think jeb mckay uh for the most part in this he doesn't linger on a joke too long this is the joke of we're going to pirate it and you have Beetle go, well, where's our pirate ship? And he, not that kind we're going to get scans i mean really and, okay yo ho ho and then that's that's good you had the joke and you go on and, and it did make me smile. And so you end up going and it's not like, you know, 50, 15 pages later, you're still going like, where's my patch? I got no, no. You, you said the joke. Well, while this is going on and, and also one of the things, though, because I always do like a, a cool joke coming up at the point where Janice says, you know, we really want you in the syndicate. And you end up where Felicia says uh, or she, she goes, no. And then Janice says, oh, that's a shame. And you have that continuing, oh, that's talk, talk. Janice, she has no idea what Felicia's talking about. And that makes him better. And Felicia, she, she doesn't explain it, which, again, that, that's how you play it. That, that is good. Uh, well, while they are going and they get out this little scan ball that goes up, and it actually looks like what Luke Skywalker was fighting in the Millennium Falcon, where he was training to be a Jedi after, you know, three hours with Obi-Wan. And he, he couldn't see it with the blaster shield down, but he did okay, right? Uh, you end up where that is like a ball that's hovering and it's scanning uh, the, the Randall gate. And you have a character that I really do like, Pei, shows up. Uh, with Gork and ends up attacking But at first Gork goes over to Black Cat and starts licking her face Because he seems to be really taken with her uh, And really seems to be in love Even with the hearts and stuff Or Pei is not very happy And even says like Gork, Gork, come back Get over here uh, 
And now we're going to fight because you end up where Pei's there, which also means Iron Fist is there in a little bit. Uh, it's funny because Pei kicks some butt. They don't take her seriously. Like, all right, little fist. Like, let's go on Iron Fist Jr. And she's ready. She's about to blast them. Uh, and you get a two-way fight because then Danny shows up. And Pei ends up fighting Beetle while Felicia fights Danny. And it's funny, too, because I, I really thought Felicia had played this well because you have Danny like, hey, what are, what are you doing here? What, what are you breaking in? She goes, would you believe that I'm breaking in here to prove that your security isn't great so that you'll hire me to improve your security? It seems like he kind of goes for it in a bit. He's like, really? Oh, man, for real? And that was pretty good. And that's one of the things I love. I love when you hear stuff like that. It's almost like one of my favorite things in movies is when, and I always wanted this to happen in real life, and believe me, it usually doesn't, where you end up having somebody go in for an interview and you know they don't want to get the job or they're just pissed off or whatever. And the interviewer's like, so why do you want the job? And the guy's like, no, guy or girl, I want this job. Okay, uh, you know, we have to, we work 40 hours a week. We have some overtime. You will have to work weekends. <laughs> I work for the weekends. I don't work on the weekends. You're a jerk. And then you end up having the interview go, and the interviewer looks down, puts down the thing, goes, you know what? I like the way you think, and then hires them on the spot. That's my favorite. That's one of my favorite things of all time. Uh, and I thought that that's what was happening here. It does not. You end up having this two-way fight going. Pretty good, but you end up. Danny's like, "I hey, I am gonna have fun here." You know why? Because you're a fun villain. You're not one of these villains that I have. Every villain I fight ends up wanting to prove they got the better kung fu. They're faster. They can, you know, brick no hit back stuff like that. You're kind of fun, and it's funny where Felicia, I'm not a villain, and they're like, "No, no, no, you are." As this is going on, it is a delay for. Felicia to continue scanning the Randall gate. So it, it all works out for her because as we go, then you finally get to the point where after, you know, running, fighting, kicking, you end up having Danny grab the scanner, says, I'll be taking this, and then crushes it. And I don't know why Felicia has to spell this out, but she does and says, that's fine. That is not a downloading thing that is a transmitting thing and what i'm doing and she said earlier to beetle cirrus is going to make a version of the randall gate it is something that is going to be involved in going to get the extra dimensional bank vault of the new york crime guild uh and so she ends up they have the info they have what they wanted she did delay them uh her and beetle and then she just says hey uh drone flash and you end up having a, a pretty much a flash grenade type deal go off from this, even though it was destroyed there. But it still can do that as they run off. And even Beetle says, oh, that's why you wanted my lenses to be flash proof. She's like, yep, covering all the bases, baby. And they go out, they get out and they did the job. So it, it was really cool. You get a little fight there, a very snappy, funny dialogue. And then Felicia goes and she's like, all right, you know, Cirrus is working on the machine. We have all this going on. She ends up calling Bruno to find out. And like, you're okay, right? Where are you? Okay, that's good. You're working on, okay. And, and Fox, Doc, they're with you, Doc and Fox. Yeah, okay, that's pretty good. Uh, yeah, I'm so happy about that. And yeah, Bruno, why? You know, what's going on? Hell, you know, remember that war? 
that, that Odessa promised, that, that little thing called war. Yeah, I think it just started because she is there at their hideout and it is burned to the ground with a burned war written on the pavement there. So you pretty much, I, I, it's, it's not subtle. War is on and it's really good. This issue is really good. I like the art. I really liked the back and forth between, you know, the little caper and her mom to show, hey, you know, she loves her mom. Unfortunately, usually when these things happen, all I can think is mom's in big trouble. But it gives you that recap. It gives you the recap of all the things that Odessa thinks went on. Black Fox killed her father, things like that. Also, the connection between the families, the Hardy family and the Drake's, Drake family. Uh, so it, it's really well done. It really, really is well done. Uh, because of that, I am going to give it a 9.4, which is one of the higher scores that I've given in a while. It's just, I just had a lot of fun with this. I had a lot of fun. It was a very breezy read, as I would say. And also the 80s references worked out. Everything worked out. I really was happy that I ended up picking this book for this episode just because of how great it is and now we're going to go off to another book and it's like it it is now birthday slash christmas slash i don't know easter Uh, i'm trying to think of other holiday groundhog's day president's day because i get to talk about another book that i really really enjoy all right and it's magnificent miss marvel number 11 written by salavina med art by minkyu young Inks by Juan Velasco and colors by Ian Herring. And of course, letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. And the recap goes, Kamala recently returned from an adventure on an alien planet with a powerful new nanotech costume. And thanks to alien interference, her parents no longer remember that she's Miss Marvel. But it turns out they'd been keeping a secret too. Kamala's father is sick with an incurable disease that is trying to be cured right now. By Dr. Strange, it is the dormant gene, the inhuman gene that was ending up. It didn't end up giving him powers when the Terja mist came. It ended up making him sick. Dr. Strange theorized that Kamala's father's illness stemmed from latent inhuman DNA. I should have read ahead that when exposed to Terja mist, unlocks deadly disease. Strange agreed to try to remove the hostile cells, but in the middle of the operation, Mr. Hyde stormed the hospital. Miss Marvel defeated Mr. Hyde with the aid of her new costume, which then became uncontrollably violent. When Kamala rejected it, the costume removed itself and transformed into its own being, Storm Ranger. And that is a pretty good recap. I should have just went with the recap and had faith that it would recap us and I didn't have to butt in. You start off at the last issue. The cliffhanger was Storm Ranger. The costume ended up separating from Kamala and is pretty violent. I mean, if there is a bad guy, a Storm Ranger wants to kill them. And it's one of those with threat detected, I must end threat, things like that. You know, just typical robot stuff in my mind, even though this is a costume. It's funny at one point because Kamala's looking at the costumes like, man, you look just like me. I'm looking at the costume like, I don't know what you think you look like, Kamala. <laughs> you know, it doesn't, it looks like her. In a like something that you would carve a pumpkin, the, the face, but then with white hair, it does not look like her. But you, you're going to get a overall narration, you know, theme of this issue. And the basic issue, the basic theme is we all fight against the worst versions of ourselves at times. And it's just that we have to win the battle. We can't let, 
you know, the the better, worse versions of ourselves take over or take control or win. And so that's what you get. And this issue, I still like it. But at the end, you'll see my score isn't as high as a lot of my scores for this book have been because I want to, number one, I want to go back and see if her father's okay. I want to see some more stuff with Bruno, which you do get a little. But basically, this issue is all about the fight. And even with that, at the end, it's not like Kamala brings down Storm Ranger, the Kree suit. Uh, the Storm Ranger ends up going off. And uh, so we're going to continue that. And that's one of the things. But what this does do, if you are reading this, this shows you the lengths that Kamala will do to just save a life. It's Mr. Hyde. The reason why she's in this fight, the reason why she's not there to, to talk to her family while her dad is having this whole surgery done by Dr. Strange is because of Mr. Hyde. Mr. Hyde broke into the hospital. I think Salonina Med does a really good job at one point where Kamala is trying to save Mr. Hyde while she's yelling, I hate you, Mr. Hyde. Like, why did you do this? I, you know, and basically it is the not even supposed to be here. She's not supposed to be here. She's there in the streets fighting her crazy suit when she should be at the hospital, you know, trying to figure out or find out what's going on with her father. Um, But yeah, there it's an extended battle. It really is. You are getting to see Kamala, though, without a suit. You know, she's going to embiggen all over the place. She is chasing and putting, pretty much putting herself into harm's way from the suit when the suit just wants to just kill Mr. Hyde. And there's some fun things here. It also gives you the idea that Jersey City, they're down with Kamala. They love Kamala. That That's a big point of this, where she is a local hero. And they like her and she doesn't have that that's the thing that i think that selenina med does like a little you know next level thinking of the thing where you don't have her costume the costume came off so she does not have anything protecting her identity but she's not thinking of that because she is trying to save mr hyde again somebody she hates uh so you end up where she's chasing storm ranger and ends up in bigging grabbing Mr. Hyde with a big hand and stuff. And these two girls walk by and like, oh man, that was an embiggen. That must be Miss Marvel. Wait a second. And you end up having Kamala like, oh no, I don't have my secret identity. I don't have my mask, nothing. So don't look at me. But then ends up morphing her face (laughs) into what, I don't, it looks like it would be something uh, from, you know, Mad Magazine Cracked. It, it does remind me of something else that I really can't put my finger on, that it's probably uh, Minky Young doing like a little shout out, but it is pretty bad. And, you know, it's it's like this big smiley face cartoony deal. And the girls that walked up who are very fashionable say like, oh, my God, you can't stay like that. It's hideous. If you end up seeing kids, they're going to be scarred for life. Here, the one has a scarf. The one has sunglasses. Gives that to Kamala. So Kamala almost like looks like the bandit. I don't know where Smokey is, but we got the bandit and then puts the glasses on, you know, to maintain her secret identity as she still is trying to save Mr. Hyde. Uh, but what she does is take him to the police station so that they can go and get him in the, you know, superpower lockdown deal, which is being arrested, but at this point would also pretty much save his life because Storm Ranger is after him still considering him a threat, even though through this whole time he's been knocked out. Uh, Well, they're doing that, and Storm Ranger does show up. 
uh, as they do take Mr. Hyde into the precinct, you have Bruno show up at that point too. And it's, it's good dialogue. It's, it's funny dialogue where you end up where Kamala, again, she's at wit's end. She needs to get back to the hospital. She's also fighting her rogue suit and then pretty much carried Mr. Hyde across town to the police station. So when Bruno comes up, she just yells, Bruno. And then she realizes, wait a second, I'm supposed to be, you know, Miss Marvel. I mean, uh, young Bruno Corelli, what are you doing here? And then he gets the deal and he's like, uh, I didn't know I'd find you. Uh, Miss Marvel, there are people waiting for you. And it's funny and it, it plays out well. Everybody's kind of seen this scene in a cartoon or a movie before like this. So it, you end up getting the idea. But it's one of those that I love. That type of scene, I love the dialogue, so I couldn't help like I just did. Even when I was reading it myself, I ended up saying it out loud because I do like Bruno. I mean, young Bruno, it just makes me laugh. I wanted to, there's a police officer right there. He's not really paying attention that much. I want him to say, uh, how do you know young Bruno Corelli? We we know each other from school, I think, or not school. I just wanted to go a little further, but ends up telling Bruno, uh, I can't get back to the hospital right now. I want to, but... I ended up having to save Mr. Hyde from my rogue suit that's part of me. And he, you end up on cue. Storm Ranger shows up and is just hideous, walking like a spider down a wall and attacks. And again, you end up having Storm Ranger, you know, resuming threat elimination. And that's where Kamala is like, no. It's done. We're ending this here, not on my watch, she says, as if she was young Greta. But I don't have anything except... I shouldn't be up here. She shouldn't be up here. She should be at the hospital. But she ends up attacking Bruno. Everybody kind of gets away, and you're going to have full-out attack mode again in the street uh, facing off. But Kamala starts kind of trying to talk some sense, trying to talk with storm ranger saying uh you gotta be running out of energy soon i'm i'm exhausted i'd really you know i'm tired i want to take a nap but also i want to go back to see my if my father's okay is this really worth it why do you have to kill why are you doing all this and you then have storm ranger assessing proposed threat recalculation almost okay it's it's thinking now Oh my, the, the machines are thinking. It's like the other day I went downstairs. I believe my toaster was looking at me and a little slyly. I think it was up to something. Uh, but it's trying to reassess the deal as if they it's not going to attack anymore. Kamala has talked sense into it. And she proposed on recalculating threat elimination priority. And you end up, Kamala, I, I don't speak evil AI. Are you giving up? Are you saying that you're going to stop? Whatever. Uh, threat elimination priority modified and, and kamala's getting so angry where she's like listen i don't speak your language i don't speak evil ai please does this mean you give up can we just get out of here can we go back uh, are you gonna be nice it's not being nice it, it is actually just going through the data banks things like that and a you know a, a screen comes up from her eyes you know boom a hologram screen New threat elimination object confirmed discord. And this is a callback to the, the series. And you end up where on the screen you have Doyle 
You have Discord, which is Josh, Josh Zimmerman, the inventor, Dr. Faustus Lockdown, uh, Becky. And so you, you see where it's now just going to go through all of these villains where Kamala does not kill. I, I mean, she's a good girl. She's nice. She's great. Uh, but the suit now is kind of going to go and eliminate all of the people that, you know, villains around there. And even Kamala says, whoa, 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 Josh, you know, Discord, uh, yeah, he's a jerk, but he, he doesn't deserve to be killed. Well, that's when the police come out w- with their guns, almost like with riot gear. And I actually thought, and I'm glad it didn't go this way. I actually thought then that this was going to be like, okay, I'm going to go after Discord, but oh no, the threat now are these guys with guns, but they're police. I, I don't want that to have happened. And pretty much then power, the power ranger. I, I, I'm telling you, I've been fighting, not saying that. Uh, you end up with shadow ranger, then activating and flying away. And you end up where even Kamala's like, wait a second, you can fly. That's ridiculous. Ends up stretching arm and grabbing so that she is there trying to use. And it's funny. She's trying to use vocal cues to shut down. Storm Ranger. I don't know. I said Shadow Ranger too. I don't know what's going on. Storm Ranger. So she's like computer and program, things like that. But she she doesn't know. She hasn't had the suit that long. It wasn't ever that she really, you know, got the suit. It's like the greatest American hero. She never got the instruction manual. And though she doesn't have hair quite like a William Cat, she's still great and trying to, you know, shut down computer. And that's where you end up having. Storm Ranger again say, you know, threat detective, flight capacity compromise. So basically now Kamala's the threat and you end up having Storm Ranger end up uh, shocking Kamala, who then just falls down into the bay. And even as she's going, she's falling. Those cool sunglasses, they fell off. And as she hit the water, that scarf, how's she going to return these now? Uh, she ends up going and going underwater and saying, you know, sometimes we fight the worst versions of herself. And I guess what I'm saying, if we're not careful, the worst versions of herself can kill us. And even when she hits the water and goes under, as far as, you know, her old suit there says threat eliminated. So you will have to see how that's going on, though. I will tell you as a bit of a spoiler you do have next issue you have uh you know coming up next and it is kamala old suit on the beach holding bruno's hand uh and really it is a very much great depiction of a new jersey beach because there's just garbage going up on it boom that you just been served new jersey oh my take that wildwood i ended up when i was a youngster uh you know not a youngster a teen I went to Wildwood and I told this story on the DC podcast, but I went to Wildwood and I ended up and and again, I say teen, this is more like uh, 16. And it's one of those where I'm in the Philadelphia area. So in the summer, when your buddy gets his license, you have your foot loose and fancy free back in the day where you just decide out of nowhere, hey, it's Friday night. Well, let's go to the beach. Let's go to Wildwood and hang out and then we'll stay overnight and then we'll go to the, you know, actual beach the next day, stuff like that, just on a whim. And we went, we got there. I think we left in the afternoon. We got there. It's a little bit of a drive. So we get there and we're walking on the boardwalk. We're having fun. Now, my my friend, uh, Brett, he lifted weights. Now, me and him played a lot of hockey. I lifted weights as well. I was nothing. I, I never gained muscle. I ended up 
pretty much, you know, I, I am a guy who's a smaller guy, so I would end up being in shape, but I, I didn't look it. I, I looked like a fool, but it did help me play hockey. But my buddy Brett, he, he was huge. Now, me and him grew up together, and we kind of had the same body type for a while, and then all of a sudden the guy's huge. I find out later he's on steroids, so there you go. But we were on the boardwalk and we're walking now my buddy brett on steroids a little roid rage stuff like that he was big on and if you had a friend like this it's the worst and especially when you have a friend you're so fond of that you just can't ditch it's my best friend at this point and he ends up where if somebody looked at him he, he that that'd be enough and, and he what are you looking at but the thing is he's looking at them as well it drove me nuts but we're on the boardwalk and i think a guy ended up you know, kind of bumping into him. Now, the guy looked like another jerk, like like my buddy. And this was going to, this was, you know, hot item here of big fight. A big fight's going to go on. Now, this guy had like 17 friends, it seemed in my mind. And it was me and Brett. So what happens is Brett and this guy start yelling at each other. They might have been pushing. Uh, these other guys came over and they, they came to me and just said, is he your boy? And I ended up like, what? What do you? And and then they just attacked me. And they ended up. And and the worst part is, is I also wrestled in high school. So when they attacked me, I I kind of went in the wrestling mode. I went down. I shot for the knee, got him down. But the problem is now I'm on the ground, even though I'm I'm on him. And then his friends who seem to be wearing I don't know plate mail boots just started kicking me. I think they were wearing full set of armor. They just started kicking me in the face, and I got messed up. So th- there's my, why I diss Wildwood, which later on people would call Childwood. You get it? Childwood, they said. I, I thought I had the rim shot I was going to hit there. Childwood. No limitations. Oh, my. Uh, but, yeah, they end up, it looks like they're walking on the beach. That's all that is. Stupid story. But I liked it. I liked it enough. There is a very bit of extended fights in this. Yes, I did like the idea of Kamala trying to save Mr. Hyde, even though she hates his guts at the moment. The issue I really have, besides really seeing some blasts and the capability of flight, I don't know much about the suit still. And I also know that I guess that it it will get threats. I don't know why it you know picked Discord out of that and whatever. Um, but if we're going to do this, I think that maybe we should have gotten a little more information. The biggest problem, though, is I really don't want to be doing this. Uh, this book is one of those books where if Kamala, which I think will come up, Kamala in the waiting room at the, the hospital, talking with Bruno, talking to her brother, talking to her mother, all that stuff. And then maybe even Tony Stark showing up, who has taken a, you know, affection to Kamala and helping her out and he's the one who hooked up you know Dr. Strange with all this stuff and and trying to get the research to do that but I I could read that more than a you know it's almost like you end up having coming up you're going to have one of those issues and you had something like that before where I think Saladin Ahmed or the editors got to him and said you need an action issue you need an issue with a lot of action you need Kamala to fight you got the suit let's do it and it just wasn't the, you know, it, it didn't grip me as much as this usually does. And it's easy to grip me in this book because I love Kamala. So I, I think that that's just, it's just a down issue for me. There's no, you know, big thing about it. Like, oh, I'm jumping off or this, that. It, it's just, 
the, the way it was. Some people might like it more than me. Some people may have been wanting to have a bit of action with their book. Uh, but this, again, this is a book that I could have her just sitting with her family and friends. And I'm fine with that. So because of that, I give it a seven on the site. I'm going to stick with that here on the podcast. But it is still one of my favorite books. And that is it. That is it for the podcast. Hope you like my stupid stories and stuff like that. But thanks, everybody, for listening. I'll remind you again, we are on Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. We have a website, weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com, and we have a Patreon with a bunch of extra shows, a lot of them Marvel, but also DC, indie, non comic stuff, pop culture stuff, things like that, at patreon.com slash weirdscience, where you get to sign up. And you do not get charged until the first of the next month. So you pretty much get a free trial for the entire month of January if you sign up. Uh, If you don't like what you hear, if you don't think that it's worth it, you can quit by the end of the month and you'll never be charged. And I just am happy that you gave it a shot. So check that out if you would like. But thanks, everybody. And I'll see you on Monday when me and Brandon do episode 130. (laughs) 